There should be a straightforward and prompt confirmation. Should be very easy. Good luck. It's going to be very quick. I'm sure it'll be extremely non-controversial. We said that the last time, didn't we? Hello, fellow law nerds. Welcome to a special episode of Boom Lawyered, a Rewire News Group podcast hosted by the legal journalism team that is ready to enter the kingdom of God. <laughs> Do you think they'll have funnel cakes in the kingdom of God, Jess? Amani, I am almost positive that funnel cakes are the body of Christ. That's <gasps> Eucharist. It's communion. You're going to get a funnel cake. I'm, I'm very excited. I'm also Imani Gandhi. And I'm Jess Piclo. Rewire News Group is dedicated to empowering you to own your relationship to sex, abortion, parenthood, and power. And the Team Legal Podcast is part of that mission. So a big thanks to our subscribers and a welcome to our new listeners. So a thing happened just now. <laughs> a thing that I'm not terribly excited about. I'm pretty sure you're not either. And basically anyone who cares about our issues or who doesn't want to be foisted unwillingly into the kingdom of God. Yeah. So Trump, he just went ahead and nominated Justice Kingdom of God, Amy Coney Barrett, to the bench to replace Ruth Bader Ginsburg as if as if the kingdom of God owned Amy Coney Barrett could ever replace. Oh, I just just can you please take over while I have an aneurysm? It's been a week, hasn't it? So here's what we know about Amy Coney Barrett, who was officially nominated tonight to fill Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg's seat. Justice Ginsburg (laughs) has not even yet been laid to rest, but here we have a nominee. She's not been laid to rest yet. Can we just talk? No, we won't. That's a different episode. Here's what we know about Judge Amy Coney Barrett so far. She's 48 years old. What? Yeah. Wait, Jess, I'm 46 years old. Why am I not on the Supreme Court? You're 46 years old. We should both be on the Supreme Court. Pack the fucking court. Justice for Jess and Imani. (laughs) (laughs) We could be just like two halves of one Supreme Court justice. Hey. I think that would I would split the difference with you. Absolutely. You take the seat for like four and a half months. I take the other four and a half. I actually think this is a solid deal. So yeah, she's 48 years old. If you saw the announcement tonight, you you learned that she is married with seven kids. Okay. She's got seven kids. We're going to hear so much about Amy Coney Barrett as a working mom. And this working mom is already exhausted from it. But we've got, she has two of those kids adopted from Haiti and one of her uh, children also has Down syndrome. So this is another thing that conservatives are going to trot out as wedge issues and so breathe in serenity now hold it for a count (sighs) breathe out collect ourselves for this fight because i just it's the fact that she has school-aged children shouldn't make a difference right trump made a big deal about the fact she'll be only the she'll be the first woman on the court with school-aged children and i'm thinking hey buddy (laughs) she's like the fifth woman on the court altogether ever out of like Just scores and scores of white dudes from the dawn of time. So let's not make a big stink about the fact that the fifth woman on the court has school-aged children when you didn't make a stink about the fact that Brad McBeer has school-aged children, when you didn't make a stink about the fact that Justice John, I just call balls and strikes, Roberts (laughs) has school-aged children. Like, yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Women work. Women have kids. 
People work. People have kids. Why is it? Oh, Eve. Moving on. Barrett currently serves as a judge on the United States Court of Appeals for the Seventh Circuit. The Seventh Circuit hears cases from Indiana, Illinois, and Wisconsin. You know, three states that are just right in the thick of it when it comes to uh, issues about abortion rights. And look, Dexter's pissed too, man, and with good reason. He gets he it. Gets it. He gets He's it. Woke. Why don't? Why doesn't everybody get it? He's even leaving the room. He's like, I'm out of here. This is nonsense. Look, me too, Dexter. <laughs> <laughs> get out of here she's also a former Scalia clerk and mm. wouldn't you know a Federalist Society member and I mean if you want to know about the Federalist Society you ought to go and check out Rewire News Group's Instagram definitely because we have a lovely post that will explain to you all of the fuckery that that little organization has been up to and why as soon as Barrett is confirmed six out of the nine justices on the court will be Federalist Society judges. And that is something that should scare all of us. Oh, God. That just gave me a stomachache. Yeah, it's not good. Okay. So uh, Barrett also used to be a professor at the University of Notre Dame. And there she spearheaded the university's fight against its own students' access to birth control. So when we hear about what a lovely mentor and professor she was, just remember, that was the lady who said, no, 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 you do not get birth control if you go to the University of Notre Dame. It gets better, though. How could it possibly? <laughs> oh, just wait. Just wait. While she was a professor there, she also served until 2016 on University Faculty for Life. Let me tell you about them. That's a Did campus organization. To? No, I do, really. Okay, fair enough. So that's a campus organization that's open to any staff member. So long as that staff member believes in fetal personhood... opposes medically-assisted suicide, you know, death-with-dignity measures, Mm. and Mm. so basically is an eggs-are-people-too kind of lady. Oh, God. She's just so bad on everything we love. How bad is she, Amani? (laughs) Are you kidding me? (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry. Uh, oh my god well i'll tell you how bad she is jessica (laughs) so she defended the supreme court's dissenters on the landmark marriage equality case called obergefell v hodges and she actually questioned the role of the court in deciding the case at all oh yeah i'm sure the court has no business deciding on people's rights is a consistent theme that we'll hear from amy coney barrett (laughs) In case folks aren't aware, the marriage equality case is also the one where John Roberts read his dissent from the bench Mm. while his sister, who's a lesbian, was in the courtroom. So, like, this is a really great crew we're lining up here. She also said that Title IX protections do not extend to transgender Americans. She claims Mm. that it's a, quote, strain on the text to reach that interpretation. And Title IX, for those of you who don't know, is the federal law that bans sex discrimination in education. Okay, wow. Well, someone's going to have to tell this to her fellow conservative, Neil Gorsuch, Mm -hmm. because he's the guy who authored the Supreme Court decision this year Mm -hmm. that held just the opposite when it came to Title VII. That's the federal law that bans sex discrimination at work. Gorsuch said that the law clearly prohibits discriminating against transgender people in the workplace, so you can't then discriminate against transgender students based on the same text. Because Title IX and Title VII are 
basically read and interpreted and, and analyzed exactly the same. So they say basically the same thing using basically the same words. Yeah. So yeah, maybe that'll that'll make for some some spiciness between Gorsuch and and Barrett mm-hmm. in the lunchroom cafeteria. Yeah, maybe they'll like throw cheese doodles at each other or something. Someone I don't know. gets a slice of pizza <laughs> to the face, maybe if we're lucky. <laughs> Oh, God, it's not. And it gets worse. She loves to misgender transgender people, referring to transgender women as, quote, physiological males, while casting doubt on transgender rights in public talks that she's given. So that's nice. That's real. That's real empathetic. You know, there was an article today by Noah Feldman who said that she's a, a lovely and sincere person. And frankly, I don't see what's lovely or sincere about referring to transgender women as physiological males and refusing to recognize a person's gender identity. That, to me, seems like the opposite of lovely. But what do I know? I'm just a person who believes in rights and human rights and all of that stuff. So maybe I'm the outlier here. I can't even get my nostrils to flare wide enough (laughs) hearing all of that. (laughs) Makes me so angry. This is really important, too. She's criticized the ruling which upheld the Affordable Care Act and has expressed opinions in public that she would strike down the law. Why does that matter? Oh, because, you know, a week after the election, the Supreme Court is hearing a case that could strike down the entirety of the Affordable Care Act. And apparently Amy Coney Barrett thinks that's going to be a real big party. And again, I have to point out, I don't think it's particularly lovely to say, hey, this law is unconstitutional and then just strip healthcare away from literally millions of people, thereby definitely consigning some of those millions of people to death. What's That's lovely a super about pro-life that? pro-life position. You. Yeah, lovely, sincere, and pro-life. Exactly the kind of thing a dedicated working mom should be doing, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. all of this is just already so mad. Okay, so this will come as a surprise to no one. <laughs> On the Seventh Circuit, she also voted against abortion rights, what? right? Shocked. <gasps> I cannot. Jessica, I feel like you may be impugning this woman's integrity. And I, for one, feel like you should be open and honest about her opinions on abortion rights. So maybe you'd like to try that again. Okay, this is a bitch who doesn't like abortion. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) Let me do that again. Amy Coney Barrett has serious doctrinal concerns about the right to privacy and whether or not it is really enshrined in the Ninth, Fifth, and Fourteenth Amendments as decades of case law has said. Yeah. For example, Mm. she, on the Seventh Circuit, voted against minors accessing abortion with the help of the court without their parents knowing. So Indiana had passed this really terrible uh, attack on their parental uh, notification law that said, look, even if the court says you're a minor and you can get an abortion, too bad. Your parents are still going to have to find out about it. Amy Coney Barrett gave that law a good hard look and said, yeah, that looks good to me. And what about the time she voted against pregnant patients who get a medical diagnosis that their pregnancy has a severe fetal anomaly and want to terminate that pregnancy? She she doesn't care. No. Doesn't care. No. Doesn't care at all. And there was that time when she voted against employees trying to bring age discrimination claims. Mm. And that time she voted against granting folks who were fleeing torture in their home countries from making asylum claims here. So that's all really lovely and welcoming. Lovely and sincere. 
Uh, and it gets even more lovely and more sincere. Mm. She voted to let Trump's public charge rule. Remember, he had he, he had that rule where he wanted to make uh. sure that people who were entering this country wouldn't end up on public assistance of some sort. Mm-hmm. He said, you can't come. If you're going to be on public assistance, you're going to drain the American economy, which is just just humming along so well in the middle of this pandemic. Then you can't come to the country. She wanted to let that rule go into effect. Fortunately, she was outruled two to one. And here's my favorite one. Here's my favorite, favorite one. She joined an en banc panel, which is when the entire circuit court convenes to consider a case and then ultimately refused to hear an appeal of a case involving the segregation of black workers at an auto zone. Did you use the word segregation? I used the word segregation. She refused to let these black workers make the claim that there was segregation going on in their workplace. So I'm going to need all the people who are talking about it's ridiculous to call her racist to maybe take a step back because that's absurd. Yeah, that's a really important point. And especially when you pair it with the fact that she was uh, part of the litigation team in Bush versus Gore, the the litigation team that basically handed Republicans the presidency in 2000. And she was on that litigation team with, oh, some familiar characters John Roberts and Brett Kavanaugh among them, which right? Is, so, which just really, on the off chance that this election is going to go sideways, and by off chance I mean a hundred percent certainty, <laughs> like we're already there. <laughs> we're, uh, this election is going to go sideways, and and if for some by some stroke of whatever, <laughs> we end up having to take this issue to the Supreme Court. He's already stacked the courts with people who are more inclined to rule in his favor than not. That should concern yeah. everyone. But here's a real sticky issue, and I'm going to let you mm-hmm. get into this because this is your bailiwick, this business about the, what is it called, the charismatic covenant community? Oh, so people of praise, this whole people of praise business. Uh, folks may have read a really interesting article by uh, Mother Jones that talks about a faith community that Amy Coney Barrett was involved with called People of Praise. And so this is an evangelical group, um, and it's got some Catholics, some non-Catholics, but the Catholics who are in it are part of, because we're going to hear a lot of about how we're being mean to this poor lady because of her faith. And as a Catholic woman, I have got to say, we are not being mean to Amy Coney Barrett as having anything to do with her faith. Charismatic Catholics are like the most evangelical stretch in Catholicism. They believe in things like faith healing. At charismatic services, people will speak in tongues, for example. Um, That kind of like revivalism that we see. So that is like actually very controversial for most Catholics. Most Catholics think of charismatics as like not in the not in with the rest of us, but they have a lot of really, really ridiculously fringe beliefs. And Amy Coney Barrett is part of this group and has said that it informs her work as a judge. It informs her work as a legal thinker because she believes that it is through her relationship with God that makes her a better jurist. And look, we have all sorts of people of faith who believe all sorts of things. But when we are about to have someone instilled who is not yet 50, a lifetime appointment, 
and holds beliefs that folks within her own faith community don't even see as mainstream, I think we have to have a conversation about what that looks like. Because it's not like there aren't any other Catholics on the court. The whole right. court is Catholic, basically, with the exception of, like, you know, Breyer and Kagan and Gorsuch, who was raised Catholic but is now an Episcopalian, so he's, like, half a Catholic. Right, right. And what, you know, I really have to say the the discourse around her religion already has irked me to say yeah. the least because yeah. what we have is people saying that oh you know Rep- Democrats are going to fall into the the trap of attacking Amy Coney Barrett on her personal life and on her religious beliefs and yep. that's just and her religious beliefs are off limits and we shouldn't talk about that we should talk about the substantive issues I saw a lot of particularly white male journalists on the left talking about how someone said it would be criminally stupid to talk about her religious beliefs and I have to say that that is preposterous because we are we are living in a world where religious freedom for some people like Christian evangelicals means religious imposition for the rest of us and so yeah. if you come from a, a sect of a relig- of a faith that even people within that faith find outside the mainstream then I think it is absolutely fair to talk about what your faith means and how your faith is going to inform your work and fortunately for us Amy Coney Barrett has already told us how her faith is going to inform her work. She thinks that through her work as a lawyer, we can get to a kingdom of God. And that's just not something that anybody who believes in the separation of church and state should be comfortable with because that is how she's going to rule. And one final thing on this before I just otherwise I will rant for hours on it. I'd like to remind the listeners, in case they forgot, that this is the court that upheld a Muslim ban. So if we're going to be having conversations about religious freedom and religious faith at the same time that this court said, you know what? The president said that all Muslims are terrorists and we're going to ban them from the country or, you know, from these countries coming into our country. That is a conversation that we need to have. Absolutely. Religious freedom means something, and it's not necessarily what Amy Coney Barrett thinks. All right. I'm done. I'm not. If you think <laughs> and if you think that religious freedom doesn't have any bearing, if you think her religious beliefs, excuse me, doesn't have any bearing on the conversations that we're having now, I would just invite you to imagine that we are living in a world where let's say we have a Muslim president who decides to ban Catholics from the country. Now mm-hmm. just sit and think how you feel about that. Yeah. Because if you feel some kind of way about the one thing and not about the other, you just might be an Islamophobe. <laughs> All right, Amani. So we got a nomination, yeah. and um, here we are. We're in another confirmation battle, whether we want to be in one or not. What, not. if anything, can the Democrats, can some, I don't know, conscious-minded Republicans, if they exist, what can be done to slow this nomination down? Basically, not a whole lot. Uh, Democrats don't have a whole lot of options. I, you know, anyone who follows me on Twitter knows that for about a week, I've been screaming that Senate Democrats ought to march up to Nancy Pelosi and say, hey, lady, time to draw up some Mm -hmm. articles of impeachment. Because frankly, and it's not, I know people would like to say, oh, well, it's just a political stunt and it's going to, it's going to make the Republicans mad. It's going to, I don't know, it's going to make Democrats feel some kind of way. And I would just urge you to recognize that since he was impeached the first time, in December of last year, he has committed multiple impeachable offenses. Not only that, multiple impeachable offenses that are easily understood by the American public, right? We don't have to talk about the Ukraine. We don't have to talk about Russia or P-tapes or any of that. We can just point to the fact that this man knew that this pandemic 
pandemic was coming and not only did nothing, but actively thwarted getting that information out to the public. So we are at what? 210,000 dead Americans from coronavirus. And our president, well, not my president, y'all's president, knew about it and did nothing about it. That, to me, screams impeachment, not to mention the bounties on the Afghanistan soldiers and all of the other stuff that he's done in the meantime. And we can talk about Bill Barr. No, yes, let's. I was waiting. (laughs) Okay, I'll let you talk about Bill Barr and all the crap that he's done that means that he should be impeached. Yeah, you know, so so this isn't just a political stunt. The Senate rules as they exist, and you know, watch the second the the Senate Republicans change the rules again. But as the Senate rules exist, there's a certain priority in the order of business, and the Senate and would be required to take up something like a War Powers resolution or uh, articles of impeachment before a nomination. So that's really important. And if they're worried about the political optics of re uh, impeaching Donald Trump, I don't know why they would be. But if they are, then they should thought, think about that. But then we could talk about impeaching Attorney General Bill Barr, who has shown, um, oh, I don't know, interfering with the election, encouraging people to vote twice. That in and of itself is a felony. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, like there's just there's space there if Democrats wanted to flex. The question is, do they want to flex? And the answer to that is no, because they've just been on TV talking about we're going to appeal to the better nature of Republicans. And I'm just Cory Booker was saying that Hillary Clinton, of all people, who should be the one person who would want to just like walk into a room and drop a grenade. She was talking about, well, we got to follow the rules and appeal to better nature. And then Senator Elizabeth Blood and Teeth on the floor was also talking the same nonsense about appealing to the better nature. So I don't know what it is about Senate Democrats, why it is they can't fight as hard as Senate Republicans do. I can't stand Mitch McConnell, but you got to give him props for having a vision, having a, 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 a goal that he wanted to reach for the Republican Party and then just jamming through it. Yep. Consequences be damned. And frankly, Senate Democrats haven't shown that they're willing to impose any consequences. So why should Senate Republicans give a shit? Yeah, as I've been saying on Twitter, the game is power, not principle. Right. So we're we're kind of stuck. I mean, in the sense that, like, you know, some Senate Democrats can slow things down, but a straight majority vote is going to confirm Judge Amy Coney Barrett. Right. Right. And that's they just need where fifty-one we are. votes. They got fifty-three senators. And 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 Mitt Romney. People were looking to Mitt Romney like Mitt Romney was going to save us. Like, why, if if you're no. looking to Mitt Romney to save you, Mister Strap Your Dog on a Car. Then I, I think you've already lost Murkowski. Nothing. Collins. No. Nothing. Like no, none no, of, no. no matter how much these people claim that they want to abide by some sort of sense of decorum, at the end of the day, they are members of a party that have an opportunity to have a supermajority on the Supreme Court. That's something that no Republican with any common sense would would pass up, quite frankly. And that's certainly yeah. something that Mitch McConnell is not going to let these people pass up. Like I'm sure he's in there with like a lead pipe. About to go Nancy <sighs> Kerrigan in some people's asses. That's such a Gen X reference. <laughs> oh, my God. For those of you who don't know, Nancy Kerrigan was that figure skater who was kneecapped by Tanya Harding's associates. Let's just leave it yes. at that. There was a good movie about it. Margot Robbie. What's her face from? Oh, she from was other- in it. I get Margot Robbie confused with like five other white ladies. Well, I'm sorry. I mean, a lot of these blonde women look the same. What are we going to do? Uh, at okay, any rate, so- <laughs> this is not the, Ro- the Margot Robbie podcast. This is a podcast about just the hellscape that we are about to enter with a 6-3 conservative court. We're talking abortion rights, 
gone. Environmental regulations. There was just a, uh, uh, an article in the Times about how we've basically passed the point of no return. We can't oh. fix the climate. All we can do is just slow down the, I don't know, the solar rays that are going to shoot down and burn us all into a crisp. I'll be dead by then. So good night and good luck to the rest of y'all. <laughs> come back all right we gotta we gotta tell folks what happens next okay so what happens next it's just a circus right i mean yeah covid is still a thing that's happening we don't even know how these hearings are going to happen let alone a vote you saw in the in the rose garden that none of these jackasses are wearing masks so maybe we'll get lucky and senate republicans will just walk into the senate judiciary committee and just start coughing in each other's mouths I mean, the COVID situation is real, though, because like normally we'd have in-person hearings and all of that. And the fact of the matter is that the current Senate rules don't allow for anything to happen remotely. So this is going to be super fun. We're going to just like, fuck it, go live. We'll make it up as we go along. And as you heard the president today, like Republicans have suggested that they want a fast nomination process. So they're going to get that rolling immediately and they'll figure it out. We'll be having hearings. They've said as you know, mid October at the latest. So it's you know the one thing I will say. I know, I know. the The one thing I will say though, Amani, yes. is that no matter how chaotic these next steps are, listeners, we're yeah. gonna cover them all for you. We will. We, we will. are. Not it's only like, because it's our job, but because we're kind of obsessed. <laughs> we are a little obsessed. Maybe you picked up on that. Just a tiny bit. Uh, so that's going to wrap it up for us today. You know, it's been a week. It's been a really long week. It's been a hard week. We really appreciate y'all sticking we with us. We were supposed to still be on vacation. We were supposed to be on vacation. And then our, our girl Ruth had to up and go, pass on to the next world. And now here we are a week later. She's not even in the ground. And now we're looking at the kingdom of God. I, I'm telling you, if they don't have funnel cakes, I'm, I'm coming to you. You owe me funnel cakes, Jess. You told me I was told there would be funnel cakes in the kingdom of God. Oh, gosh. But we do have something exciting coming up, right? Our event with Eli Mistow ah, yes. of the nation, oh, right? He of the He of the be afroed gentleman. I love his hair. Like, I love his hair. <laughs> it's going to be so great. What yeah. are we doing? We're talking about the court. We're talking about the courts. We're talking about the courts. I don't know if you follow Eli. It's E-L-I-E-N-Y-C on Twitter. But he has been ranting and raving. I feel bad for the poor guy. He's kind of like us. Just like one of those lawyers who's kind of sees what's going on and knows what's yeah. happening. And no one's listening. So you just end up screaming in all caps in the middle of the night. Just hoping someone <laughs> will listen. <laughs> it's just, I feel this pain. But we're going to be talking to him. all the time zones at least with the three of we us do we <laughs> do chances are one of us is yelling at all caps at Ex- some point exactly but t- we're gonna get together and talk in all caps about the courts <laughs> about court reform about yeah just all of this mess that we find all ourselves in so, so that's october 1st october 1st Check check uh, Twitter for the details for that. Fam. Check Twitter. Check our Instagram. Rewire News Group. Our new Twitter handle is Rewire News Group. Um, our t- mine and Jessica's Twitter handles are the same. I'm at Angry Black Lady. Jess is at Hegemommy. H e g e m o m m y. One of these days, I'm gonna pull out my uh, pom poms that I saved from high H, school. Give me an H. <laughs> H. Give me an E. E. Give me a G. All right, we could go on forever. Let's not do that. <laughs> um, but we also have to say how. Just grateful we are for the donations that we've gotten. We've gotten monthly donors. We've gotten first-time donors, single donors, people picking pennies out of their pockets and handing them over. 
you know, by carrier pigeon. It's amazing. But if you don't really have any carrier pigeons or ravens and you just like the internet kind of stuff, we have a new URL and it's rewirenewsgroup.com slash boom give. That's rewirenewsgroup.com slash boom give. Please give us some money so we can keep this coverage going and you can weep with us as we march toward the kingdom of funnel cakes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I suppose we should do one more thing, and that is tell them where we're going to see them, right, Imani? Where are we going to see them? We're going to see you folks on the tubes. Going to see you on the tubes all day, all night, and probably the next day in the following week. All righty. Yeah, nobody's sleeping. Nobody's sleeping. No sleep till Brooklyn. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Boom Lawyered is created and hosted by Jessica Mason-Piclo and Imani Gandhi. Mark Filetti produces the show. 